a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. listening to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us is kind of stressed out, and the other is Tom. How are you, what? Tom? Case, I'm good, man. What's going on with you? You know, I, I, I think it's just the culmination of COVID, the holidays, birthday parties, dogs. I already started my morning by picking up dog poop, and that's never mm-hmm. a good way to start your day. You know that? Yeah, no, especially if it's a Monday, because that essentially starts your week as well. So I, I, I can... I can understand why you'd be a little stressed and, and all of it happening. I, I, I guess I'm good, but, but I could be better. I, I would love to, to, to go home, uh, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. And, and I guess that's adding a little stress to me. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not all that good. I'm, I'm as good as can be. You were planning on going back to Australia for the holidays? I was hopeful uh, to go back anywhere January, February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bubbles turns one in February, so it'd be cool if we could have gotten back uh, to celebrate his first birthday back home. But I don't think I'm going to be able to do that uh, just with certain restrictions and, and and whatnot. So, so yeah, I'm kind of with you. You know, I'm kind of feeling I'm feeling okay. I guess is how how I would best describe it. But maybe not good. Maybe not bad. You know, I think 2020, uh, also known as the dumpster fire, just keeps bringing the hits, and uh, mm-hmm. it's not good. But we have a couple good things on the horizon. Today, we're going to actually have our first guest on. We're going to get to them in just a second. But I also had a first this weekend that I'm 46 years old, and I didn't know this is a thing, but it's a thing. Are you ready to have your mind blown? You didn't celebrate your birthday this weekend, did you? No, no. My birthday's January 30th. Okay, good. Um have you ever had peanut butter on a pancake? No. It's a game changer, bro. So Friday night, I went to the lovely Leslie's, uh, you know, because of COVID, we're trying to be the safe, uh, you know, couple and, and not go out too much. We'd like to support local restaurants, but sometimes we eat at home. And she goes, hey, I can mix up some pancakes. And I was like, sure. You know, it's been a while since I've had a good pancake. Let's do it. So she gets out there, and trust me, I'm not exaggerating. We had a 15-minute tutorial on how to make the perfect pancake. You have to wait for the bubbles. You can only flip it once and all that stuff. And hers were amazing. Mine failed. But anyways, we've got two pancakes in front of us. we got the sugar-free maple syrup, which is delicious. Cutting Mm. little calories there, if you will. And then she throws down a bottle of Jiffy. And uh, she goes, normally I like the crunchy, but the creamy is going to have to do. And I go, for what? And she goes, you never had peanut butter on a pancake? I was like, no, I didn't know that's a thing. She goes, give it a shot. So I put the pancake down, grabbed a knife, 
spread a nice layer of jiffy right on top. Thick layer, I hope. Thick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, thick. And then I said, now what? And she goes, syrup. Syrup on peanut butter on a pancake? What kind of world are we living in? She goes, trust me. So I pulled the pop top off. Good helping, you know, serving of uh, maple syrup on top of that. Grabbed the fork. Nice size bite. Folded over so the pancake uh, is like a peanut butter sandwich. Popped it in the mouth. The heavens opened up. It was amazing. So, was- quick question. Yeah. Did you, are you the type that kind of like um, evenly coats the, the pancaking maple syrup or do you drown it in a pool? Uh, I think it's kind of representative of my life. It's just everywhere. There's no rhyme nor reason, but it seems to work. Uh, I don't like to drench it in the syrup. I don't like it to become to where it falls apart. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then uh, we were talking to some friends on a group text over the weekend, and I thought I was going to blow their mind with this peanut butter pancake. And they were like, yeah, we've, we've had them before. And I was like, well, nobody told me. I didn't know. And they go, have you ever tried jelly peanut butter in a pancake? I said, that's just craziness. And I, and I think I'm going to stop with the peanut butter. But PB&J pancake? Right? Isn't that crazy? Goodness gracious, Case. Um, we should probably get to our guests. That's right. Hey, so, you know, as being dads, uh, there's certain dad roles. And, and I'm not saying they're just for dads. But one of our roles is talking to our kids and kind of preparing them to be safe in life. Giving them a good playbook uh, of what to expect when life throws curveballs at you. And so one of those conversations, and I just had it with my oldest, who is now 16. She's got oh, wow. a driver's license, and I, I, I see her not enough because now she's jet set. She can go wherever she wants. But we had to sit Great. down and have the drug talk and talk about, are your friends doing drugs? Are they vaping? Are they doing this? And it's not a comfortable conversation to have with your kid, but it's a conversation that you need to have. So we wanted to have a... Uh, in today, David Watkins. He's the Regional Prevention Director from Weaver Human Services, and he's here to talk to us about Know Your Script. Now, I know these guys from Know Your Script because they're the sponsor of my other podcast, which is Project Recovery, and uh, they are just so helpful. And David, how are you? Good. How are you doing? So you're on Dadtastic. Before we get to uh, Know Your Script, are you a dad? I am a dad. I have three little boys at home, um, all under the age of nine. Oh, wow. he's in the thick of it. Yeah, he went from man to man to zone. And uh, you yeah. guys are just trying to attack it. Uh, at what age do you think you should have a conversation with your child about drugs, alcohol, substances? Yeah, that's a question we get a lot from parents. And I think it varies um, on the situation and the family. But um, in a former job, I had the opportunity to, to meet with parents and to do a presentation with them on having that conversation with their kids. And we always told them, Make sure to have that conversation about alcohol, drugs, prescription drugs by the age between nine and 11, definitely by sixth grade, because that's when we start to see substance misuse is about sixth grade. And so having that conversation before then is really, really important. David, so, how, how um, d- quickly, I, I just want to know how, how, how bad is maybe the, the issue here locally in Utah as it relates to to drugs, both from a child's perspective and a parent's perspective? Is it pretty bad? 
So when it comes to prescription drugs in particular, youth don't really misuse prescriptions a whole lot. When we look at 12th graders in the state of Utah, between about one and 2% misuse prescription drugs, um, depending on if it's a stimulant or a sedative. When it comes to alcohol, that percentage is a little bit higher, maybe around eight or 9%. And e-cigarettes now is kind of that big concern that we have, and that's been climbing across the state recently. You know, Tom, I, I, I the way I look at it when talking to my kids about sex and drugs is I'd rather have it too soon than too late, you know, okay. uh, be able to, you know, at least prepare them for what's to come down because on our podcast project recovery, we've had people as young as nine experimenting with drugs, which is mind blowing to, to a lot of people, but the reality to a bunch of others. And so, you know, that's, I think it's a good time to have this conversation and that's kind of what the new program is with know your script. Tell us a little bit about know your script. Yeah, it's a new ad campaign out across the state with the idea of knowing your script. And there's really three plays on the know your script there. One, know your your script when you go meet with your doctor. What questions should I ask? What conversation do I need to have with my doctor when I'm being prescribed something or when I'm meeting with him? The second is know your prescription. So do you actually know what you're taking, what the side effects might be, what the risks are associated with that? And the third one is for parents. Do you know your script when it comes to talking to your kids? What what should you say? What conversations do you need to have? When should you have them type of a thing? And so we hope that having the having that ad out there, that campaign of knowing your script, parents will will take that and will model the right questions to ask when they're meeting with their doctor and then also have those conversations with their kids as they come up. Well, now this David, is a podcast with three dads on it. Uh, let's uh, start the conversation. How would we start a conversation with our kids about substance abuse and knowing your script and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I have three really young kids and I'm going to take it from that perspective perspective. And I, I we all have kids probably and, and they all get an earache every now and again. Right. And they're prescribed that amoxicillin. And so I, ha I had my middle child. He got an earache or would get them quite frequently. And my kids love amoxicillin. They just love that taste of amoxicillin. And so the middle kid, he gets his prescription. He brings it home and the oldest is like, hey, can I have some of this? Um, and that's that opportunity as a parent to say, you know, really, this is just for your brother. It's not going to do you any good. It might cause you to get sick. And amoxicillin is relatively harmless um, in the sense of it's not going to cause me addiction. But it is that opportunity with that relatively harmless when they're really young to set the tone that we use prescriptions correctly in our home. We use how prescribed and we don't take someone else's prescription because it's not going to do you any good. Then as they get older, um, you have that opportunity to talk about what their friends are doing. You have that opportunity to tell them, you know, make sure you're not taking somebody else's. Or when they go to the doctor, they're there with you and you're able to have that conversation. Kids listen to what we say or what we do more than what we say. And so if we're modeling that correct behavior, um, they're going to follow through with that. But there's opportunities, I think, throughout a whole child's growing up phase where they're just prescribed or someone in the homes prescribed something. And you can start that, you know, this is an opioid. Um, this can really cause addiction. You need to make sure you take it how it's prescribed or your dad was just prescribed um, this medication and that's really just for this. It's not going to be good for you to take it. David, I, I, I come from a country and a family where, where prescription drugs really weren't even a thing to be fair. And I know that that's not the case over here in America uh, for whatever reason. So I've got a nine month old. I'm not going to be having this conversation for a few years now, but I am curious when that time comes around, like what are some of the bigger mistakes parents out there make when talking 
to their kids about prescription drugs because you know without you i i would probably make all of those mistakes i imagine i think the first biggest mistake is just not having the conversation parents tend to think prescriptions in particular are safe or safer than illegal drugs and so they might have that conversation about alcohol they might have that conversation about uh, i'm not cocaine or weed or any of those other substances out there but then they skip the prescriptions and that might be Maybe they haven't had a lot of prescriptions. I grew up in a family where we didn't we didn't even take a Tylenol or aspirin very often. Like it was very rare that we actually took any of those. And so having a conversation about an, an opioid just didn't make sense because it, we didn't have it. And so parents skip that. They think that it's safer. Um, maybe they don't think addiction is a possible with these prescriptions. And so actually having the convert not having the conversation is the biggest mistake. Uh, and then maybe the second one is just um, not taking the time to, to talk about um, what their friends might be using, taking the time to talk about the harms as they, you know, as a prescription is done. There's all, again, there's always those opportunities to have the conversation. And maybe sometimes as parents, we just don't take it. And, and then speaking, speaking of opportunities, because of my situation and how it played out publicly and all that, uh, my kids have got a front row uh, education and a crash course in it because of what I've gone through. So they're more willing to have this conversation. But a lot of times parents don't like that awkward conversation. They don't want to have that conversation because I hate to tell it, but uh, we don't know all the answers. And some of this stuff we're figuring out along with them. Uh, like Tom said, opioids, uh, although it's an epidemic now, uh, back 10, 15 years ago, it was pretty commonplace to give somebody, hey, if you're hurt, here, take some of these. But now we know that's bad and what it leads to. And so as we're learning all together, having that conversation is so crucial. Yeah. And I would say oftentimes parents maybe are afraid. I know I'm afraid maybe to say the wrong thing or maybe I'm planting the idea in their head. But research shows that that's not the case. It's more important to actually have the conversation than to worry about saying the wrong thing. And when we as parents set clear rules, maybe, you know, the rule is no underage drinking. Maybe a rule is we use prescriptions how they're prescribed. Um, those rules, um, if we're just clear with those, set kids up for success. But we just have to set them. We just have to say them. When kids, 42% of kids, when they get have that conversation with their parents, are less likely to misuse or their prescriptions. And so just having that conversation is a great protection against misuse. David, the, the last question I would have for you is, um, uh, is there like a, a right setting, you know, to go ahead and, and talk to your kids about this? Is, is the dinner table, you know, assuming you have more than one kid, right? In your case, you have three. Do you get them all together at the same time or do you kind of separate them and, and speak to them one on one, catch them in the car when you're picking them up from, from a certain activity? Where would you go? So for me, um, I think the dinner table is a great time to have a general conversation for all three at once. And that works out well for our family. I think there's the nine-year-old needs a different conversation than my six-year-old. And so having the one-on-one -on -one conversation is really important as well. The nine-year-old is going to be 16 years old well before the six and the four-year-old are. And so those conversations change as they get older. And so finding the times to individually talk to them is really important. But that general tone can be set around the dinner table or around driving to the movies or coming home from the movies. Watching TV is actually a really good time to talk to kids because they see things either in the commercials, if you still watch commercials, um, or during the actual program where you can say, you know, that person just used these 
this medication. You know why they used it or they, this wasn't an appropriate use. And so having those general conversation is really important and can set the kind of the general tone for the family. But then the information gets more in depth and more important the older they get. All right, I, we've got one more question before we let you go, uh, because we just admitted as dads, we don't know everything and we don't get everything right. Uh, and we are all learning right now. What about knowing your script when you're talking to your doctor? How important is that? That's really important. And for all of us dads that maybe are struggling with what to do or what to say, I would encourage um, everybody to go to knowyourscript.org. And there they have tips on how to have the conversation with your doctor, how to have the conversation with your children. Um, and for talking to your doctor specifically, know um, some of the questions like, what's my risk for addiction? What's the plan to taper me off? Or how long am I going to be taking these? Um, are all great questions to start that conversation with your doctor. Doctors, I think sometimes, um, you know, they, they're prescribing medication all the time and they have patient after patient to see. They really do want to answer our questions. Um, sometimes they aren't just going to feed that to us unless we do ask. And so knowing them and asking them um, is really important. We can also talk to a pharmacist. If we're more comfortable taking that time talking to our pharmacist, they know all the answers to the questions as well. All right, David, once again, if people want more information about Know Your Script, where do they go? KnowYourScript.org would be the website to check out. Awesome. Well, we wish you a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. Hope 2020 is going well for you. Thank you very much for stopping by. And guess what? You are our first guest ever on Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. Hopefully I set the bar pretty high there. You did. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. So, Tom, that's interesting. You know what I mean? You're right. You've got a nine-month-old little baby boy, and you're not going to be having that conversation anytime soon. But it's always good to have this information locked and loaded and ready to go. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, I I also think it's interesting because it it is a hard conversation to have, right? And there are a lot of ways to go about it. And some parents may not may not feel all that comfortable talking about it, right? Especially if 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 you're a parent that has had issues with some sort of prescription uh, use in the past, opioids have been an issue for you. So I imagine there are there are a lot of parents out there, Case, that are probably pretty scared about having that conversation because kids do ask questions, right? And uh-huh. and if, if, if they ask a question after you kind of give them the talk that you don't really want to talk about, then look, I, I can just see how it all kind of can be a little little difficult. So um, sometimes I think people just end up avoiding the conversation because of awkwardness. Hey, you know what? We had a first guest and he was amazing. I'd say we give it another shot and go to our second guest. Our second guest Russ Porter. He's the South Ogden City Mayor and a Bonneville High School teacher, home of the Lakers. And uh, we're going to talk to him and kind of find out what's going on in the mind of, you know, teenagers and what uh, South Ogden is doing to try to combat, you know, what's going on with the opioid epidemic. Because on my podcast, we've seen a lot of people uh, who got into their uh, addiction at a young age. And uh, he's on the front line. I don't know if we have him. Russ, are you there? Uh, I can see you, but I can't see me. Can you hear me? No, all we see is a, a black box, but we can hear you. All right. Well, down the know. bottom is there a, a start cam button, Russ? Ooh, ooh. Oh, we had movement. Oh yeah. We this is have the, this movement. is the joy of doing live. 
I mean, either way, honestly, as long as we can hear him, I, that's obviously the most important aspect. But before we get to that, Russ, uh, remember the old show, The Dating Game? I do. You couldn't see the other person? I found out today I'm older than you, so I've seen everything you've seen. Okay, so why don't you describe to us what you look like? Oh, man, that's embarrassing. So, uh, 51, uh, receding hairline, bald spot. Uh, overall, you know, 5'10", 195. Used to be good looking. Uh, thought I was good looking even this year until we had all these Zoom meetings. And now I see my face close up. And 2020 has been hard, I think. So, Ross, basically, you just described me. Well, I was going to say, Russ, to make you, you feel a bit, I'm 28 and, and I'm about 5'10", 195 with a bald spot and receding hairline myself. So you're doing pretty well for yourself, my man. Well, that's why I tell everybody to marry all the men to marry young before you lose your hair. So that's my best advice today, no matter what else we talk about. But I don't think that's going to be your best advice. Let's talk about and know your script and kind of the epidemic and, and kind of your take on what's going on right now. So like uh, you mentioned my different background. So as a, as a school teacher, this is my 27th year teaching most of them at Bonneville High School. Thank you for knowing we're the Lakers, Casey. Appreciate that. You know, I'm a tiger. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did see that. So uh, that's okay. We, we love everybody <laughs> from the county. It's all good. So. You know, there we have two. Every kid has to take a health class to graduate, either mine or or another teacher. And we talk a little bit about it, maybe not as much as we should, but we do talk about prescription drug use and abuse. Uh, I also teach driver's ed. I think that's where we have the most impact is we talk about driving under the influence of everything. And I think that's eye opening to some of them is it's easy. It's obvious that they say, oh, yeah, no alcohol or no illegal drugs. But I think they're surprised when we tell them or the police officers that visit tell them that there's people that have gotten DUIs from prescription drug use, anything that impairs your driving. So we I try mean, to mention that. It sounds NyQuil. I mean, I don't think a lot of people associate alcohol with the cough syrup, but there is. And, uh, you know, there's certain medications that you read on the pill box that says, do not operate heavy machinery if on this medication. And I, that goes back to knowing your script and knowing your prescription. I don't know how many people actually read the bottle. I think you get the first line that says, you know, take one or two every four hours until the prescription is done, but they don't read the fine print. I think we need to read the fine print. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, I'll teach a current events class. And so similar to what David said, just find opportunities to talk to kids. And so some news story will come up where someone has a, has a drug issue or something happens. And I can use that to say, you know, here kids, here's the deal. And, uh, I, I do have my own children. I got four ranging in age from 27 to 19. And uh, I asked my daughter that's home from college in between semesters. I said, when did you learn or when did I ever teach you about anything? And she said that she remembered when my, her older brother got his wisdom teeth out. And I had that conversation with him because the doctor gave him pain pills. And we had a good conversation about taking only as many as you need, only as directed, but get rid of the of the leftovers. And and so I think we need to be more intentional, I think is the word that I, I always think about. You, you can hope that those things come up and you can use teaching moments, but we have to find or almost make or, or create moments that we can be intentionally bring this up and teach our kids. Russ, take us, take us into the classroom for a split second. Um, for many people watching, I'm sure it's been some time since they've been in, in, a, in a high school classroom essentially i mean that the the age group that you're dealing with there is is one where you, you're trying to figure life out essentially and, and there's so much going on and everybody's got 
their own unique story and, and family history, whether there's drugs related uh, within that or not. I mean, what what do you see? Do you do you do you normally get a pretty good sense from a, a high school student just as uh, mentally, you know, whether or not they're in it or or they're having a difficult time potentially with some sort of abuse? Yeah, that's a good question. I do, and I think I think it's actually improved. I, I, I remember years this age group is into experimenting and trying new things, and their buddy will say, "Hey, just take this pill, make you feel better." And and they think because it, that's true, they because it came from a doctor, it's not that it's not that harmful. And unfortunately, it often takes life experience uh, for themselves to to realize it is. Hopefully, they can learn from other people and other examples. But but yeah, that's definitely the case. And I I've got students whose parents are uh, are in jail from, from drug use and it starts with prescriptions and then it goes to more of the illegal drugs and, and that cycle's real and, and it's, uh, it's disappointing and it's, it's rough and it affects a lot of lives. You know, how uh, we've had a, a guy on my project recovery podcast and he was a, a graduate of Bonneville and, uh, you probably know him, Dustin Hawkins. And uh, he's doing wonderful things to educate the kids and help them out. Uh, you guys are doing a lot of cool stuff in South Ogden. I wonder if you could tell me, uh, do you guys still have the wobbly benches up and the kind of a skewed tables? And those seem to be good conversation starters for families when they're at the park to go, hey, this is what life looks like if you're under the influence. Uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. You said Dustin Hawkins. I was the head baseball coach. He was on the first team I coached. And I was handed this team with Dustin Hawkins and Kyle Boyer, and we won the region my first year. And I was like coach of the year because of Dustin Hawkins. So, uh, yeah, what a great guy. Yeah, so we, uh, South Ogden, uh, R- Riverdale City, Washington Terrace City, Uinta, we are part of a Bonneville Communities That Care Coalition. It's all the towns that feed Bonneville High School. And so this group came to our parks, and they put in these little orange installations. They had a, a picnic table with a, that leaned to the side. We had a garbage can with a hole about the size of a nickel. And then it just said, this is a garbage can or this is a park bench, but there's better options. Talk to your doctor. Uh, And those have been effective. We had some signs on our park bathrooms, on our backstops at our parks, trying to get people at least to have the conversation among their family or to talk to their doctor. And I think they've been really effective. I think it's been it's been good. It's been a good partnership between the cities and groups like Know Your Script or Parents Empowered. Russ, I, I'm going to go back to the the whole high school thing because it does fascinate me, right? I, I don't know if you heard, but David, I have a, a nine-month-old, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Right now, we track every movement he makes, and if he says a word, then you better believe we'll probably hear it. Our house isn't uh, isn't all that big, but but they get to an age, and then they go to school, and next thing you know, they're in high school, and they're gone the majority of the day. You add a, a extracurriculum activities on top of that. I mean, they may be out of the house from, from 8 a.m. to to 6 p.m. And, and you just don't see them a ton. You don't really know what they're talking about. What would you say to parents out there that are going to listen to this to, to try and help them out with keeping in track uh, with, with what their kids are talking about, what they're doing, you know, and then on top of all that, you know, the, the phone and, and social media and all that, there are so many different ways to communicate in today's day and age. You know, I, I'm a little nervous <laughs> as the years are going to go by. I'm, I'm kind of scared how I'm going to track my little one and the ones that follow. Yeah, you're right, Tom. And you probably should be. And I'm, I'm really glad that my youngest is uh, 19, almost 20 and on the right track. It's actually a relief. Uh, I think there's two parts of that. One is, as we talked earlier, have these conversations while they're in your house, while they still think you're the smartest person they know 
while they still listen to everything you say, you know, have these conversations before. Here's the expectations. Here's what we look. And here's why. I, I think we sometimes forget to tell them the why. We just say, don't do that. Spend some time and say why and say, because this is what's happened. And I know these people, great people, but this, this is how powerful these drugs are. And this is what happened to them. And then after they're in the school, just be involved a little bit. Know, know who they're with, know what they're doing. Put them in into activities that, that keep them keep them busy and occupied. And that's why we're, we're sports guys. But that's one thing you tell anybody that's athletic. Hey, only put things in your body that's going to help you play better. These things will not help you play better. And so you just have to have conversations with them, encourage them, ask questions. You know, don't stalk them, but almost, you know, find yeah. out who they're with and what they're doing. You know, Tom, I, I would throw this in there, uh, you know, because my daughter is at 16 and she's got a driver's license. She's out and about, uh, you know, when your kids get to about ninth grade, uh, you're no longer the major influence in their life. It's their friends. And uh, what I would say to that point is know who your kids friends are, know who are they're hanging out with. Uh, I often tell my daughter, I go, hey, my job's to protect you and raise you. It's not to be your best friend. So sometimes I have to take the unpopular uh, opinion and ask the questions that she doesn't want to answer, but I need to know. So I think you need to know who your kids' friends are because I really do, and I believe they hit about ninth grade, you're no longer the biggest influence in their lives. Do you see that, Russ? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's just it's friends are, are everything at that point. And I think I think teachers, though, I, I think even just people in the neighborhood, we, the, the more adult good examples that a teenager can have, the better. And so uh, just be involved in their, in their life in a good way. All right, Russ. So before we let you go, uh, give us the three takeaways uh, that you could help us talk to our kids about drugs and kind of prepare them for the life ahead of them. So I think you find you, you find opportunities, whether somebody in the family gets a, pres- uh, a prescription, like what Dave said, or you see something on TV or something happens to a friend or neighbor, have an open, honest conversation. Uh, here's what here's what happened. And here's why we don't do that. And then set the example yourself. And then if 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 you don't create those kind of situations or, or if those don't just happen, then you have to create those situations, be really intentional about having one of these conversations because it's their health is really at, at stake here. And, and then just uh, follow up and be involved and, and just love them to death and hope that they, I hope that they figure it out and they trust you. Awesome. Hey, thank you for stopping by. And I'm going to leave you with this little nugget of information. My ex-wife was a Bothorp. And so I know you've had a gaggle of Bothorps come through that school. So if you see Luke, just tell him his uh, Uncle Casey says to keep it going good, all right? That's awesome. No, they're great kids. That's a great family. I taught both parents, and now I've got some of the kids. So There you go. You're hey, Russ, thank you for stopping by, Dadtastic, today. We really do appreciate you're doing great work out there as a health and driver's ed teacher at Bonneville High School, home of the Lakers, and the mayor of South Ogden. Hey, are we going to get South Ogden days back this year? I sure hope so. We've got uh, some money left over from last year, so hopefully we'll get a bigger bigger band even in there and it's going to be great. And I will fight to have that happen again. I hope we can, because that's a great, that's a great week. That's a fun weekend. So. All right. Well, one second before we let you go, you know uh, where Ogden golf and country club is, Tom. Uh, I'm very familiar. Okay. South Ogden, buddy. That's right. Big fan. 
I can see right. it. I could walk out my front uh, yard to the road and turn left, and I can see number, uh, I think it's number 13. So, Well, when you're ready, there's uh, 18 holes waiting for me and Tom with you. You just tell us when. All right. That sounds good. That's a deal. You guys are doing good work. I appreciate you guys and what you do. Thanks. Right, Russ. Thanks, Thank Russ. You. Much love. Happy holidays. What do you think there, brother? Kate, you know what's crazy? You know what I had a thought is, um, so like right now, right? If I smile at Bubbles, he'll smile back. Mm-hmm. You know, and like in a couple months, if I say, if I tell him to say the word octopus, he'll say the word octopus. Why would you want him to say octopus? Well, that's Most just people, an example. Like whatever. Most people say, would say dad or mom, but octopus it, is cool. Go with it. Well, octopus is probably hard to say, and it'll probably come out funny, and so you know we'll have a laugh. But uh, eventually, there, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and speak to him, mm-hmm. and he's probably not gonna listen to half of what I say. Maybe he won't listen to any of it. Right, and that is a scary thought. Yeah, look back to when you were a kid. How much information did you take in from your parents? You'd like to think you listened to a lot of it, but I, you know, I remember seeing the sign that says, "Hey, when you're 18, you think you know everything. Wait till you're 31 and you realize you didn't." But most 17, 18-year-olds think they know everything. They think they're smarter than you. They think that you're a boomer, that you're antiquated, that you don't make sense and you don't understand the real world. Yeah, and no, it, I crazy. And I remember sitting there having like, I, and I, I'm with you. I remember being like, I, looking back on kind of my teenage and my upbringing. I remember being right now being like, you know, I, I feel like I listened for the most part pretty intently. But, but then, you know, I have flashbacks of like, I don't know, sitting in the car or being at the dinner table and in my own head, just thinking like, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Let's move on the conversation. Like, like, you know, it all, you know, and uh-huh. you're 14, yeah. you have no idea. You know, your parents are only trying to help you for crying out loud. And you're just there sitting like, oh, I just I just got an A on my recent math test. Like, I'm good. You know, what, you what are you trying to ruin my life? I yeah. know what I'm doing. I got this figured out. I'm not going to be like you guys sitting home on a Friday night watching the NCIS. <laughs> I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I'm out there living. Uh, and I think it's only getting scarier uh, because, you know, the world's evolving and, and the phone, right, the iPhone, the Android, whatever you have. I mean, the apps that are available now, YouTube, the, the, the different array of television channels for crying out loud. You know, back in the day, you know, pre me, it was like you had you had the national, you had KSL, you had the other one on 213. That was like it. You know, nowadays Encyclopedia Britannica, and that's where you got your information. Now we got this thing called Google and we're able to access this information. And I think that's what I would tell parents is that it's okay to tell your kid, I don't know, but we can find out together. But I think back in when we were kids, especially for me, uh, we were so limited to our information. So parents would either say, I don't know, or they would just give you some BS answer and you'd be like, okay. I guess my dad told me that it sounds right, but he maybe didn't know, depending on his education and where he got the information from. I'm going to tell you right now, dads are notorious for BSing, and they will. And uh, sometimes they'll just give you an answer to shut you up. But we now got access to information, and I think we should utilize it and be honest with our kids and have an open conversation. So yeah. I think what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up that part of the podcast and because uh, I want to get back to some of the fun stuff because we talked about my peanut butter pancakes this weekend. What did you do this weekend? Did you do anything fun? Uh, so can I tell you, um, I had a really enjoyable weekend, but very little happened. 
which is why I enjoyed it so much, Case. It was like one of those weekends where I really didn't do a ton. Um, and that was fine because I feel like over the last couple of months, I've been running around left and right, picking up leaves, you know, whatever the case may be, playing fixing too showers. much, fixing showers. Oh, dude. <laughs> that happened, I guess. Like, but that was kind of pre-weekend. That was what was what day would that have been? Like last Thursday or Friday? Yeah, so I we're getting you. You didn't answer. You sent me a text and a screen grab of what you were working with, and <sighs> it seemed like the water was shut off on the house. The faucet was dripping. You didn't know what to do. I was like, "Let's go to the internet." You said, "Well, I've got a plumber on the phone. He's FaceTiming me. We're going to get this fixed." Did you get your shower fixed? Well, he ended up coming over. So you called me. I was at the, the plumbing store, you know, mm-hmm. having a conversation with uh, with the guy that was helping me. And um, and I was like, "Case, I can't, I can't answer this phone call right now. I'm 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 in too deep at the minute." So essentially, um, I didn't quite realize this, but there are cartridges, right? You're frozen, bro. I don't even know if I'm still on. Maybe I am, but I'm just waiting for Tom. I'm back. Okay, good. Woo. Sorry, did I go for a second? Well, you just look like you were frozen in time. Like you're frozen right now. Did you pay your internet internet this month? Now you're frozen. Now you're frozen. You're still frozen. Do you want a snowman? Case, you got me? Yeah, I got you. You're back. My internet just went down. I don't know what happened. It's weird. It doesn't do that. But um, So there's cartridges behind the wall into the little faucet, into the circular thing, right? Yeah. Did you know that? Well, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Turns out my cartridge was $250 to replace. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Like, I couldn't find the cartridge anywhere. So I guess I have this off-brand shower that we don't even like that much. It came when we bought the house. We didn't do anything to it. And I'm at the plumbing store and I'm going, you're telling me this cartridge is $250. Like I'm getting into the cartridge business. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, long story short, we essentially decided that instead of replacing this off-brand cartridge, we're just going to take the system out and install like a, a, a mowing or a little, you know, more more regularly used shower right. uh, system. And it's not going to cost us a ton more. And we're probably going to like it more. But the problem is we're going to have to take a we, – we installed a cupboard. Uh, we have to take that cupboard out now. And so that's – that's going to be a little tricky. So no, the, the 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 long answer is that no, we have not fixed the shower leak. But you know what's so stupid yet funny about the whole leak in the shower is this leak happened, started on like Monday or Tuesday out of nowhere. Like my wife and I jumped in and out the shower at different times on a Monday. And by midday, it, it we couldn't figure out why the shower was leaking. You know, it, it's like just just happened, you know, just great. Uh, we had an appraisal where, like many people, we're refinancing our home. We had an appraisal set for Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good timing for the leak, right? That's not going to affect it. You're going to be okay. No, but just just come on. Like, why are you going to do that to us? <laughs> like, now I have to explain to Brad 
who walked through my house on Thursday. Like, look, sorry, dude. I promise you this. We have a hole in our shower. You know, like he's going to look at us like, who are you animals? Like what creatures live here? I'm like, no, come on. We just had a leak. We're going to fix it. But just bear with us for a minute. It's just an, an unnecessary conversation that didn't need to to have had. But yeah. anyway. So, hey, and you know Speaking of unnecessary conversations, I'm about ready to bring up an unnecessary conversation. Are you done or do you want to hear this? Well, I don't know if I want to hear this because it sounds like it's going to be you're going to have a jab at me. What What do no, you got? You're going to my face? Is that what it is? Right now, producer Josh is holding his finger on the out button because he knows uh, whatever I open my mouth and I say it's unnecessary. This could go a really, really bad way. Oh, goodness, Case. Let me ask you this. You've got a dog, right? Yeah. I've got a dog. I've got Steve and uh, the lovely Leslie's got Truman. Have you ever tried to get romantic and have the dog stop it? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Right? What are you you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Have Kate and I tried to have a second child and the dog stopped us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened. Did that happen to you like recently? Yes. Like, and then after, like, I'm just going to tell you now it didn't happen because of the dog. And then Leslie went to the store and I sat down and looked at that dog and looked in the dog's eyes and said, Hey, what's going on, man? Why are you going to be doing that? Yeah, come on. There's not a lot of times when the kids aren't here, you know, and then we've got this freedom and, and, and the movement's it's right. You know what I mean? And then you got to come in and mess up the whole deal. What are you doing, Truman? You know, I, I, look, I feed you. I play with you. I throw the ball. I mean, I, I, I'm your friend, Truman. But what you just did to me wasn't friendly, wasn't cool. I'm with you, dude. It's like, can you not hold the, the pee or the poop? Yeah. Like, and you know, twenty is, more minutes. I mean, come yeah, on. The, it, the, thing, the thing is, is I could put you, you know, outside of the, the the room, but then you're just gonna be scratching on the door. And come on, man. Come on, Truman. So, Kate and I. This is a few years ago. My lovely boxer dog. Um, for whatever reason, if Kate and I, um, this was back, believe it or not, case uh, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. where you you were actually going to work. Uh, you would commute into work, and then you what? would commute home. <laughs> yeah, oh. it. Uh, I know it, it was a phenomenon for many, many years, and then uh, it all got put on halt in the year 2020. But long story short, the dog, my dog, for like a couple days, I don't know what was going on. We'd get home, you know, and we wouldn't get home at, at the same time every day, but but whenever the second person got home, you know, we'd embrace, we'd hug, you know, yeah. give give each other a, a kiss on the cheek and whatnot. And say, how was your day? Hope you hope it was well. And you know what? The dog started. She, my dog, didn't like that for like three or four days. She started. She would bark at us when we would get hug. in the middle of you, huh? Yeah, like and, territorial. Like, and hey, we weren't huh? and, and we weren't trying to you know have a have a baby or anything. We were just hugging, you know, like yeah. just embracing, saying, you know, expressing our our love for each other and saying, you know, love you tons, glad to see you, hope your day was good, what are we feeling like for dinner? That was the extent of it, and the bloody dog would <laughs> would have the audacity 
to try to try and interrupt that moment. Right. Well, what, what, like, why? I, I don't know if it's because they're territorial or they think you're attacking the other person. Maybe you kiss very uh, forcefully. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the situation is, but all I know is that Truman was not having anything that I was trying to have, and it was not a good situation. And so I just, I didn't know if that's happened to other people who had dogs and uh, how to handle that situation, but I'm it was sorry a buzzkill. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah. I, I am really sorry to hear that Truman decided to act uh, like that. Hey, um, so I, I, I kind of quickly told you about my weekend and and how uneventful it was. You know, like literally, we we sat on the couch. Um, my wife was out of the house a ton. Actually, she's she was she was she was kind of doing her own thing, which was fine. But because I, you know, no, not that I know of. No. We actually haven't even done that, which is maybe a concern. But but I I, I was starting to think, you know, with all the, the, the spare time I had sitting on the couch being a blob, like what are you what are you looking forward to this winter? Because I think a lot of people aren't looking forward to the winter. Well, because people get sad, which is seasonal effect mm-hmm. dis something but, it, but I, actually, I get it it's an, an actual thing because the the days get dark earlier yeah. uh, you're just in and out so it's just kind of depressing uh i actually I, I got season passes for the kids at snow basin and nice. so anytime we can we're going to go up there on the slopes and try to get some vitamin d and get above above the inversion and just kind of be with our little bubble i mean that's really what i'm looking forward to the winter uh mostly i want the spring to come so golf will be back no, see, okay, I'm with you. But I, I also was thinking about it a bit because obviously the pandemic, right? And there is light at the end of the tunnel. We hope to get some vaccines into the state of Utah and around the country over the coming weeks. You know, but the, but, but but like you and I, for example, right? We're probably not going to be vaccinated for, for a few more months anyway. Right. Um, and so life isn't going to change a ton, I don't think. Uh, I think it's still, for the most part, going to be pretty secluded and, and you're going to be told to to kind of stay to to your own home and 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 don't socialize with with too many people outside of your home. Um, I will say this though. So my my brother-in-law who lives across the street, he he contracted the virus about a month ago now, mm-hmm. uh, or he finished his he 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 survived his 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 little virus epidemic a couple of weeks ago. So so he's immune. So yeah, he's immune I, until like January 20th, they say. So he's actually been able to come over here and, and socialize with us um, and, and kind of hang out. Now, we, we still try and keep our distance, but, but we, we feel pretty safe that he's okay. The interaction's probably been great for you and the family. Oh, that's what I was going to get to. Was I, I haven't seen you in person in probably a month. I know. And I love my wife, love my dog, love my child. But, but, just to see and, and speak with somebody that, that isn't then for, for an hour or two or whatever. However, really, it goes a long way, Case. And, and that's been quite nice. And so that was kind of what my wife was, was out of the house for, for a lot of this weekend um, doing other things part-time. She has another part-time job that she helps out with and, and all that good stuff. So I was hanging out with him a decent amount. And, and, and let me tell you, that was nice. Recharge your battery a little bit, huh? Yes, that was nice. I smoked wings. Oh, I'm glad so, you said wings because I was like, where's this going? 
No, I smoked wings on Saturday night. So my my coworker, a guy, work, uh, a guy I work with, uh, he was like, we were talking about what we were looking forward to after the pandemic. And he's like, you know, my wife and I, every Friday night, would just go down to a bar or a, a restaurant bar and we'd order wings and have a drink and watch football or basketball, whatever was on the TV at the sports bar that they were at or whatever you want to call it, you know. And I was like, my goodness, I haven't had wings in so long. So I went up to the store, picked myself up a big thing of wings and smoked them Buffalo style. Ooh. Let me, that was nice case. They turned out good. They did. They turned out really good. And uh, I, I, I just, it was a small victory. You know what? I think that's what we got to celebrate is the small victories. And I think you said it right uh, that, you know, we, we have lost uh, social interaction right now. And during the holiday months where it can be depressing for a lot of it, you know, whether you reach out on FaceTime or Zoom or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, but check in on your loved ones and make sure they're doing all right. And I think what we need is a little empathy and a little love to get us through the holiday season. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah, no, I'm with you. It is daunting, though, you know, and I don't much like the conversation we were just having with Russ and David around uh, the the opioid um, issue here locally in the state of Utah. You know, like I don't think we should shy away from the fact that there are probably going to be moments throughout this winter where you don't feel all that flash. You feel a little down. That's okay. The sun goes down at five. It doesn't come up until like 730. You know, there's a lot of dark hours in the day um and and of course you you can't really go out a ton because it's pretty pretty cold but it's it's okay it's part of the journey right and we're going to embrace it find a way to embrace it and that's kind of where i was going is is this weekend i had more time to kind of ponder uh, and like you know as much as i'd love to go home you know i haven't been home in like three and a half years nearly four years so it's been a long time since i've stepped foot on that on that hallowed soil uh, of Australia, and it, when you get off the plane, there's a certain smell, and it just brings me joy. But, but you know, I'm probably not going to be able to go home uh, when I was intending on. That's okay. I'm going to embrace, you know, whatever whatever we end up doing this winter. And uh, I think I'm going to go to the Costco case. Yeah, the Costco. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go to the Costco. I think I'm going to buy a sled. Oh, you you know what? Because I know where you live. You know, you live up on the east bench of the where the Richie Rich lives. But no. Sugar House Park has got a great hill. And I think Bubbles is going to dig it. You get a little two-man toboggan. You get in the back, put Bubbles in the front. You go racing down, snow spraying in your face, giggles from the baby, smile on your face. That's another small victory that you can celebrate. And we've got to look for those. Hey, are you a skier or a snowboarder? I never asked you. You talked about snow basin. You know, I can do both, uh, but I'm, I'm currently skiing uh, okay. because it's a little bit better for my hip and uh, I, I can hang with my kids a little bit uh, better. Uh, are they, what know. stage are they at? Are they like Bunny Hill stage? So my oldest is she's all over the mountain okay. and then my two youngest are getting ready to take the tram up top and see what it has to offer. And so, uh, you know, uh, Snow Basin Winter Resort and we're, yeah, we're, we're excited. Well, it's a big winter for you, Casey. If they, they haven't taken the tram up to the top yet. Uh-uh. No. Oh, wow, sweet bit of Zeus. You're in for a good treat. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited for you. So I can do both too. I, I, I ski and snowboard, but I'm not, I'm not all that great at either. Although, like, I can hang. You know, I'm the sort of skier that doesn't enjoy skiing, prefer to be in the lodge, to be quite frank. Uh, but 
my my in-laws and their family really talented skiers well and we'll so have to they, go up get the family up there yeah they're like they're like really good and um and i hang off the back of them and, and i can go down the the blacks the double blacks whatever the diamonds whatever they call them uh-huh. uh i don't enjoy it um but i don't fall <laughs> i don't fall that's cool maybe you'll end up enjoying it maybe going with a different mindset maybe go i'm gonna enjoy this not oh gosh well, case I, I have to rent my skis and boots. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't own a pair. Um, and, and they say if you own your own pair of boots, more so than the skis, your foot will mold to the boot and it'll become, look, it might not be that comfortable, but it'll be more comfortable than, than if you were to rent them. And so I my rent boots them. I have, uh, they bake them to my foot. So you stand in this little yeah. machine, they bake it to your foot. It's a custom to your boot. If somebody else to put my boot on, they'd be like, Oh, whose fat feet are these? And they're, they're Casey's. They're not your boots. Take them off. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't have that luxury. That's okay. I'm still 28. I can hang. Um, and I do hang. I just don't, I, I really don't enjoy. I just don't enjoy it a ton, but I'm going to try and change that. Re- re- reverse the role. Now that I have bubbles and he's too young you know, to learn this year. Next year, I'm I'm nervous because he's going to want to get up there and start learning. And that means I'm going to have to go up there with him. And hopefully Kate, my wife, she can be the one that kind of teaches him. But this winter, I don't have to worry about that. So if Kate wants to go skiing, I've got this whole plan set up where I go, I'll be the good guy, you know, I'll be, I'll be the good dad. Uh, and I'll say, hey, darling, 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 you go up, go up with your brother, your mom, go up with the family. I'll take care of Freddie today. It's not a problem. We're fine. <laughs> We're good. How good does that sound? That sounds pretty good. She'll probably take you up on it, but uh, she's also going to go, love, honey, honey bunny. I would also like to go skiing with you one time. Grandma said she'd watch Bubbles. And I'll say, <clears throat> I've just got a really sore hip flexor from that run I went on two months ago. Uh, it just hasn't quite gotten better. Um, but we can give it a try and hopefully she feels sympathetic, which she won't. And she'll say, uh, that's okay. I'll go up with the family again. You look after, you look after Freddie, but, uh, no, I, 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 I'm not looking forward to that case if I'm being quite frank. No, that's good. I think we probably run the course of time for dad. Uh, we want to thank our guest, uh, David Watkins and Russ Powell, uh, for coming in here and talking about Know Your Script when it comes to the opioid epidemic and making sure we ha- have all sides uh, covered. And I think they did a wonderful job of that. Of course, you can find out more information by going to knowyourscript.org, and you can get it all there. And uh, we're going to be back next week, right? Well, I hope so. Yeah, we haven't been canceled yet. No. No, cancel culture hasn't gotten us yet. Woo! Yeah, but if you do have a, a a situation where your dog ruined romance for you, leave it in the comments below, and maybe we'll read those next week. You've been listening to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. It's a KSL podcast. We love you, and we mean it! A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.